0: Random-y stuff, random stuff, random stuff
1: random stuff, random stuff, random stuff
0: Welcome back, folks! To the Randonista Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Gillian, and this is a podcast that strives to bring humanity and human stories back to the conversations around bicycles. I've divvied up the podcast into four parts. First, there's bike news, where we talk about how local changes, infrastructure, events that are happening can affect our daily lives. Friends on bikes, eating dessert, where I have a light-hearted conversation and snacks with riders. Sometimes new riders to share their experiences. A deeper look where I have a longer conversation with someone doing amazing work in the bicycle community. And I attempt to show off their whole human selves, not just their bike side. Um, and this is really the meat of each episode is, is these longer conversations. And then finally, the game. This is, of course, the improviser in me just wanting to have a little silly, lighthearted fun with no real stakes. And let's be honest... Everyone's a winner. I have another great show for you today. In bike news, I brought on my friend and fellow bike instructor Randy to discuss the frustrations around people dismantling bike lanes, um, but also the joy of seeing more women riding. For friends on bikes eating dessert, we'll have part two, the second half of my chat with Brian talking about bike handling and bike maintenance during the winter months. And then for our deeper look, we'll talk to the world's messengers community member and clinch Industria distributor, who say that 10 times fast, Gabriel Mendez. And during that discussion, we'll talk about how the messenger community really helped him grow as a person. And then finally, I bring back my friend Randy to play my new favorite game, real or fake comments made by next door members. And now, bike news welcome to my co-host today which is a good friend of mine who i met while we were doing um bike education together we taught the kids of cambridge how to ride bikes safely which was always a good time um since then we've become good friends and we go kayaking together which is one of my favorite activities i bought watson a little a little, uh, life vest. He looks super cute. in it. Anyway, my co-host today is Randy Mail. Thanks for coming out today, Randy. And by coming Great. out, I mean on zoom.
1: Yeah. Awesome to be here. I'm so proud of you for launching this podcast. Oh, thanks
0: so much. <laughs> uh, Randy, uh, how are you doing? What's what's going on in your life? Do you have any bike joy at the moment you want to share?
1: things are great uh you know today it was like what 20 degrees out in Boston and um Mm -hmm. I was biking into Somerville and uh it's funny I was stopped at a light and this guy on another bike comes up real close to me and he's like looking at me and I just thought I guess this is a way to warm up at the light you know and he's like oh I thought you were a friend of mine that I'm meeting (laughs) real close and uh but we started to chat and and uh it was it was a funny little moment that is rare in Boston you know I I'm trying to smile and chat with people and uh change the culture
0: I know right I do that sometimes too and then they'll be like lift their little headphone they're like what ah Okay. Just kidding. Not you today. My bike joy is actually riding home yesterday for my sisters. I made sure to leave before dark because it was going to be cold and managed to catch the sunset on the Charles on my way home and stopped and did the whole photo shoot. I could feel Watson being like, seriously, can we just go home? Uh, But it was a super cute look for us. And it brought me a lot of joy to be able to share that moment with him. Um, And it was really pretty yeah pinks and purples it was very pretty um but yeah so I just wanted this is a new thing actually um for co-hosting yeah go ahead
1: I have another one I actually I took a trip (laughs) I took a trip over the holidays and took my bike down um in the car uh and ended up stopping in Savannah Georgia and taking a little um bike tour one afternoon through cobblestone streets with live oaks dripping with Spanish moss and amazing architecture. And I fell in love with Savannah on my bike.
0: Wow. Um, That sounds amazing.
1: Yeah. It was a great little afternoon.
0: Okay. All right. I think that one wins you win, bike joy. There is some news. I'll start with the less intense one, which is, uh, the fact that, um, there is, there's been this proposal that's been around for a few years and kind of died off for a few years because of COVID, but it has recently been brought back which is that uh, they're gonna do kind of this reconstruction of Memorial Drive around the JFK bridge. So near Harvard um, where they're going to kind of revitalize the park there, technically that is a park but really you like have Memorial Drive you have the bridge with the traffic there. Um, part of a path that's really nice. And then it gets really narrow and bumpy again. And so they're gonna, uh, it looks like the proposal is going to take out a lane of traffic and, um, kind of expand out that green space where it gets really narrow between the river and, uh, the, the Memorial drive there. And there's very little space. So I'm very excited about that, um, in general, there's really awkward parking on Memorial drive that is going to be gone. So you don't have to worry about, you know, the good old days when I would be commuting in that area on a scooter going to and from my sister's house post-college. And I'd be driving along and all of a sudden there'd be cars in front of me. I was like, Oh my God. And I'd have to like veer out and around. So I think it's going to be really great. Uh, they already shut down that area every Sunday from spring to fall to let people ride there anyway. So, I am really excited. I think it'll be really fun to do that.
1: I, I, well, I love when Memorial drive is dedicated for bikes and Mm -hmm. you know, the more we can do that and create those car-free days and car-free spaces. I'm all about it. People need to think outside of the car and Mm -hmm. and see a world where you just have like bikes and road and um, rollerbladers and pedestrians and people out and about. So it's a beautiful thing. So I'm really
0: excited about that. Uh, The other news that I wanted to make sure we touch on and we might spend a little more time here is um, continued updates about the Mass Ave bridge. So on the one side, I absolutely love talking about super local things um, because I live in Boston and I wanna tell people about how great all the new infrastructure is and everything that's happening and changes that are gonna affect your daily lives. I also acknowledge that hopefully I will get listenership beyond just Boston, although there is a core group of people here, shout out to all the peeps out there listening that I love and adore and I'm so glad they are listening. Um, so with this story, I, I think this can kind of bridge both sides. So, you know, pun intended, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, this story, I'll just lay down what it is and we can talk about it. Um, On the one side, local news, the Mass Ave bridge, they put in quote, unquote, protected lanes, uh, as a pilot this winter where they took, it used to be two lanes of traffic, each direction. They took away the outside lane, put on, put cones there and made it a protected bike lane for people to cross because in the past you're crossing. You know, in a barely five foot lane with two lanes of traffic. Zooming by you very, very fast. Yeah. The reason I go
1: fast.
0: Yeah. And the reason that I think this can be a conversation beyond just Boston local things is just the fact that this is now, um, as of today, has now been vandalized for the third time. Um, talking about the car culture that we have here, which is very frustrating that uh it is seen as so terrible that we're trying to give this lane to bikers that. Someone or someones, we don't know at this point, have gone and taken all of the cones because they're not fixed to the ground and thrown them into the river. So not only do they not care about the lives of the people who are trying to safely cross the bridge, which at its peak was 25% of the traffic, but they are also destroying the environment by throwing the cones into the river in a place where they cannot be grabbed because the ice is too thin. You'll have to get a boat at some point, or you won't even be able to fix it until spring because it's going to freeze over again in the next week. And then you can't get to them because it's a whole thing. Anyway, the point is that it's just really disheartening to me to know that there are people out there, if one time, sure. Two times, oh my goodness, really. But the, to a third time after the city has put those cones back to go and do it again. Like, how little do you care about human lives that you think this is an okay thing to do? Do you think this is going to get your lane back? Like, seriously?
1: Well, you know, I'm going to play a devil's advocate for yeah, a second. For I, I don't think that the people that are driving are getting out of their cars. I think mm-hmm. it's probably some students that are around that are just treating it as a game because yeah,
0: somehow it, worse. It, I'd rather like it be targeted by MIT. car drivers.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it could be smooth in Smoot's honor. Something, something mm. around, um, you know, the the students that that you know prank each other and yeah, uh, for.
0: For people who don't know, a Smoot is a Harvard. It's a the length of a was it a Harvard student or something?
1: I think it's an MIT student. He MIT was, student. Know, however, let's call it six feet. But they but they measured the Mass bridge in Smoots. Smoots. So every six feet, his height they made a marker and it says one smooth, two smooths, three Mm -hmm. smooths all the way across. And the other day I was on the bridge. Yeah, I saw they actually have a bronze plaque explaining smooths. So (laughs) that was a new discovery for me. Very cool, Boston. Uh (laughs) Because
0: that bridge leads right into MIT. So that makes sense. But yeah, you think it's maybe just like a student doing this? Like it's 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 a prank?
1: yeah. Throw the, throw the cones over the bridge. Um, and it, it, I don't really think that it's an in intentional your... act against, um, you know, bike safety
0: bike for the... bicyclists. Yeah. I mean, that's possible. Uh, someone joked on one of the advocacy groups of Facebook that like, it must be a TikTok challenge or something. Cause there's some really weird challenges now that invite destruction. Um, but yeah, that's just really sad to hear that they, yeah. you know, and I guess, yeah, I could see that when you're in your 20s, you're like, whatever, the world isn't affected by anything that I do. And then you throw plastic in the river. Um, I think, I think I'm almost more upset by the fact that they're just dumping them into the river than I am oh, by the fact that yeah. they took them down from the the bridge in the first place.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, you could bring on the uh, Charles River watershed folks and talk about how <sighs> decades we've been cleaning up the Charles. Um so you know, I'd like to see a time where there's uh, a dock and people are swimming in the Charles River and it is kind of like um, in Copenhagen where they have public swimming and just amazing features where people are like lounging on these awesome wooden built planks and there's slides going into the river. And so you know, what we need to do is make sure that the river's clean so that we enjoy it and and the Wildlife it doesn't get their head stuck in in a freaking.
0: Con. In a cone, I know. Not to be gross or anything, but one of the times we did go kayaking, there was what is what do they call it? A red alert, where the waste levels in the river were especially high that day, and so the result was, don't dip your feet in the river and take a shower when you get home. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so- but yeah, so I agree. And the other side side of all of that is the Charles is considered one of the cleanest like municipal rivers out there. And this is still the stuff that we do to it. So, Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to let everyone know. Hopefully the city puts it back. I was hoping, and I'm still hoping to go over that bridge on my ride on Sunday, my hot chocolate ride. I will have a longer promo at the end of this episode, Um, but you know, I will be doing a ride on Friday to see if it's still possible. Also the last time it snowed, they took the cones down as well because they weren't sure that they could clear it properly. Um, so hopefully this pilot just shows that people are using it, and I make over the bridge either way, just to prove that bikes use this bridge. So, I hope
1: you got your out snow there. outfit because we're gonna get some. Uh, we're gonna some get some snow,
0: energy. but it's gonna be warm again. It'll be beautiful. Oh, perfect. Anyway, I want to wrap this up with one more. Heartening story. Uh, if anyone who does know me, I'm an optimist. I'm a pretty happy go lucky person most of the time. So I do want to end this segment with a positive note. So we're going to briefly touch on this article that came out this past week um, that I was pretty excited about. I'm just trying to tab to it.
1: A huge surge of women taking up biking or returning to biking during the pandemic.
0: Yes. More than half of women cyclists started riding or as you said, returned to it during the pandemic. So it says nearly 56% of female cyclists riding today either started cycling during the pandemic or turned to it after a layoff, which I think is really interesting. Maybe it's because you have more time after a layoff. That just seems very specific. Um, Less
1: money and you don't want to ride on the train during a pandemic kind of thing. Yeah. It it checks so many boxes. It's Mm -hmm. free, it's exercise. Fresh air and social distance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, I find that it's very empowering. I find that fascinating. One of my previous uh, guests was uh, Yari and she started Women on Wheels for exactly that reason. It was a pandemic. There was nothing else to do. She needed to get out of her house. So she started riding and then she convinced all these other people to ride. And now we ride with a lot of people who took up biking in the last like two years. So I just... Love that stat. We're both women who love riding and love encouraging other people to ride, which is why we were both instructors. Um, So I just, I thought that'd be a really nice stat to kind of end the segment with. Uh, Any other final thoughts?
1: Well, it's funny. um, I, you know, I came across this Netflix or maybe it was not on Netflix, but a series called Betty, that Hmm. is about women skateboarders. Oh, um, and that uh, it's really, it's really great. And women just get together and they're gathering more and more women to build a community of skateboarders and take over some of the skateboard parks. Um, and, uh, you know, just a feel, a feel good, colorful, you know, um, switcheroo on, on, on some of these activities with women. It's beautiful.
0: Love it. That's amazing. Okay. Uh, that is the news. We'll be right back for Friends on Bikes Eating Dessert, and we will have we'll have Randy back for a little fun at the end of this episode. So thank you, Randy, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Just jumping in here for a quick reminder before we dive into today's friends on bikes eating dessert this is part two of my greater conversation with brian about biking in winter we talked about what to wear and some of the joys of riding in winter last episode and today we'll pick up directly at bike handling tips and bike maintenance so if you want to hear more about how to ride in winter this is the episode for you You can also see a short video of Brian Watson and myself riding in winter weather, and we stop and kind of break down all of our layers and what we're wearing that day and how we stayed warm on my Randonista YouTube channel. So you can go and see that. Anyway, back to my chat with Brian. So changing gears for a moment, that was a lot about like how to dress and what to dress. Um, But you know, there's a whole another factor. We just talked about how there's all the snow on the ground. What are your tips for riding this time of year? What should you be looking
1: out for?
2: Yeah, uh, I think just like gear, everyone has a little bit of a different style for how they want to ride. Uh, so I'll give my opinion. Uh, there's plenty of different people who will disagree with it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll emphasize again, you know, most days here in Boston and in many other cold cities, there's not a ton of snow on the ground the whole winter. So it's largely dry. Uh, in those cases, um, and most of the time, ice is really the problem. Um, so you really wanna be careful about ice. Um, you know, Your bike can sort of handle snow, even if you have some sort of thin tires, um, although you wanna be careful because it can be slippery. I have heard
0: two people who swear by thin tires through the winter because it cuts through the snow down to the pavement. You'll Uh, hear, you'll hear all sides from all people.
2: You'll hear it's impossible to ride after October without studded tires, or you need a fat bike or whatever. (laughs) I ride, you know, fairly thin tires, probably like 35s or whatever on my sort of commuter bike. Um, and I never change them for the winter. Um, I think the other biggest thing to know is that when there is snow, the sort of bike infrastructure is going to be degraded, whether that's, it's not plowed or, you know, it's a bike lane next to the cars and the plows have come by and put a big pile of snow right there. Um, what sometimes happens is the snow starts to melt it refreezes, and then there's a big patch of ice in the bike lane. Um, So you're going to have to sort of ride more into the road uh, as a sort of vehicular cyclist, um, be more aware. Um, Generally, I find cars are pretty understanding of like what's going on in those cases. Um, Also sort of plan your route around that. So like, you know, if you take a major road that has a protected bike lane and you feel fine on it in a normal day, if you can't take that protected bike lane because it's filled with snow, have a plan for like, maybe there's a side street that you can ride in the road that is already plowed. Um, And uh, around here, there's all the nice bike paths that uh, usually take a couple days to be plowed. Um, So you can't rely on those on a day like today where it's actively snowing.
0: I think the planning your route thing is really important. I So going back to my um, full-time commute in to a Cambridge office, I would take the bike path almost the entire way back and forth from my house to work, uh, the Charles River Path. And on days like this, maybe today I would have gotten a snow day. I would have been allowed to work from home. The company, this was you know, four-ish years ago, had a very strong in-office policy. They were not terribly keen to let people work from home. You know, Most of the time I didn't even bring my laptop home. So I really had to think about that for a couple of days out of the year. I, I would take streets instead of the bike path because it just wouldn't be ready yet. And coming home, I think this is an important one for people, coming home when it's already dark out, and it's already you know the sun has gone down and everything's starting to refreeze that's a really good time to not be on bike paths because they can be icy they can be dangerous so it's really trusting yourself trusting your skills as a rider i know one time i got a little too confident with my ability to ride on ice with my commuter bike and i'd been really good and then thankfully it was on a bike path but like I just tried to shift my wheel ever so slightly. And the next thing I knew I was on the ground. I was like, Oh, sore shoulder for a couple of days, but thankfully it (laughs) was, I was fine. Otherwise.
2: Yeah. Like I said, snow, I can handle ice. I'm pretty scared of ice can put you on the ground pretty quick.
0: Yeah. Uh, And you can't, hopefully that doesn't keep you from riding. I realize that that is a scary possibility, but it's also, you know, a really valid reason to maybe take the bus that day. But going back to what is safe, the road. it It's tough because you might be out basically in the middle of the lane, but roads get cleared quickly. Car movement on the pavement means that the pavement is always warm enough that you're not going to run into ice out there. I mean, still keep an eye out, but you should be able to ride on the street Uh, for those couple of days until everything else starts to clear. And that's what I would do. I realize, again, we're saying, just ride out with the cars, no big deal. And that's not for everyone. But that was how I got back and forth for, you know, a couple of days until I could get back on the bike path.
2: Yeah, Uh, I think in situations where everyone knows that the weather's not great, cars tend to be nicer than they are on a regular day. It's just my experience. People understand like, oh, here's a person who's out here in the weather, biking. Let's not give them a hard time. Um, Usually. Usually. Uh, I'd also say when when you are moving like out of the bike lane into the, the middle of the road, I suggest you ride sort of to the, in the right tire track. You don't want to be squeezed as far as you can to the right side of the road so that the cars are sort of buzzing past you. You want to sort of establish your presence. So they have to make a real pass of you. Like they would pass another car on a two lane road. Mm
0: -hmm. I would agree with that too. And one other thing, um, and if more hazards come to mind, let me know, but I remember riding, It was snowing and while it's snowing, it's actually really nice to ride before it starts to really accumulate too much because it's not gonna be icy yet, especially in the middle of the day. But I was riding in one of those situations was starting to accumulate and I didn't realize how close I was to a curb. Now, fortunately I was able to just step right off of my bike onto the sidewalk, but I definitely was, I couldn't see it in the snow. So that's another hazard to think about of like, make sure there's nothing. you know, you might not know something's in your way.
2: Yeah. I could imagine, you know, a pothole that filled with snow that you don't see because, you know, it's a little bit hidden, something like that. Also, the the plows create a lot of potholes.
0: Yes. And think about, um, uh, you know, it's the same thing with puddles. People don't always remember that a puddle could be hiding a massive pothole and you just you don't know because the water's too dark. So think about it in the same way that things there could be hazards hiding. It's rare, but you could stumble across something. Yeah. Um... Do you have any? Um, do you have any other hazards? And then I have another question for you. I'm trying to think of what else to like watch out for if you do want to go ride. And one other piece of advice, if you're not comfortable yet riding in winter to work, treat it the same way uh, we talk about with learning your work commute in general, do it on a weekend, see how it feels, see what it looks like and get used to it that way. And then maybe bring that into once a week or twice a week or something. And you'll find it's, yeah. it's actually pretty rideable most of the time, all things considered.
2: Yeah. The last hazard I can think of is, uh, any sort of metal in the road. So here in Boston, we have, uh, some trolley tracks that go in the road. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, you know, manhole covers, or if there's any construction, the the big steel plates, those get incredibly slippery when wet. Mm -hmm. Uh, so be very careful about those. Generally, if you're going straight over them, you're totally fine. But if you try to do any sort of turning while on those metal plates, uh, you can lose your back wheel and take a tumble on that.
0: Yes. And I, and um, another thing is a lot of social media can be your friend here. A lot of people will post updates. This path has been plowed. This path hasn't. That I ran into that once. I, I used a blue bike. Excuse me. I used a blue bike because they have the big old tires. And I was like, I'm going to take this to go downtown instead of using my own bike and um, got to the bike path. And I was like, Shh, bike, you know, the Charles River bike path that's usually well maintained. Well, it turns out the space between Western, uh, sorry, the space between Cambridge Street and the Western Ave Bridge, the little wood bridge down there was not plowed. Hey, everyone. Just wanted to pop in to say that I met between Cambridge Street and the BU Bridge. My bad. Didn't mean to confuse you. <laughs> Once I got past that point, totally plowed. But it wasn't that it was too slippery. It was just like, it's kind of like riding in sand, like trying to ride on the snow because it was just a little thick. And then I got to the other side and I was free and clear, but I, I lost like it, you know, that's a whole mile of doing that. It. I ended up being very late to where I was trying to go to that night by like a half an hour. Um, that was, that was, I should have I should have taken the streets, and that was that was my bad. Um, I want to ask. I just realized I have one more one more segment of winter riding that I want to do, and then I want to round this out with uh, some fond memories of winter riding because I actually like riding my bike all winter. Um, but the third aspect that I think we should make sure we cover today is maintenance. What are things that people have to be aware of that they're, that's affecting their bike more in winter?
2: Yes. So the salt on the roads is not good for your bike. Uh, it's definitely going to cause some rust. Um, and generally just, uh, keeping your bike uh, chain oiled is the number one thing I would recommend. Especially if you ride it in sort of cruddy weather, uh, you probably want to wipe off the chain, put a little more oil on it. That'll keep it nice and smooth, clean, not rusted. Um, and then, in ahead of snowstorms, I recommend that if you if you have to leave your bike outside, I totally understand that. If you can bring it in in a snowstorm, that's great. Uh, bikes seem to deteriorate as they get snowed on or. Uh, they get water and all sorts of weird parts as it starts to melt. Uh, it's just not great for it. They get plowed um, in by you know, snow plows. I have seen a lot of bikes on curbs that had either hit by a plow or a nice big pile of snow dumped on top of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, and then that turns to ice and you don't get your bike back for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really like fenders on a bike that's going to be ridden in wet weather. It keeps a lot of the road dirt out of your drive train and on, throws it back onto the road uh, and keeps you dry as well.
0: And um, it is going to be wet for a lot of winter with snow melts and stuff like that. It, it's just inevitable.
2: Yeah. The other things I've seen tend to be sort of just like general bike maintenance things. Um, making sure your brakes work. I've seen cases where water gets inside the housing of brakes and then freezes so that you can't pull the cable. Um, Oh, I didn't even know that one. Before you get on your bike, you want to make sure your brakes work. ABC Uh, check people. (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's particularly bad in bikes that have housing that's sort of like mixty frames or something like that, where the housing points upward at some point, it can sort of Gather in the bottom of that, like you, and then freeze the cable. um, Oh,
0: and I think that's a good one for let's say you store your bike inside, but it gotten wet, and then you brought it in, and then you left and you went somewhere, and then you chained it uh, or locked it somewhere, and then go to leave again. That's gonna be the time where that
2: really hits you. Yeah. I'm not saying that's super common, but that's the type of thing you have to be aware of.
0: Um, I learned something
2: uh temperature changes can affect tire pressure in some ways so make sure you uh keeping your tires pumped up um there's also just a lot more debris in the road i find so you're probably going to be more likely to find flats um Mm -hmm. so it's a good idea to run tires that are you know either flat resistant or carry a tube with you in case the worst happens
3: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I don't think I have anything to add to that. That's uh, one thing I've done in the past with my commuter bikes is full on throw them in my shower and rinse them off every so often just to get like excess of salt off of them. So
2: (laughs) I tried to do that once and it turned the bathtub entirely greasy. And then I spent like two hours cleaning the grease off the bathtub, which definitely didn't save me any time. Oh so, no, I've never tried it again.
0: I uh probably should care more about my bathtub. <laughs> but whatever, it's fine. Um, but yeah, I've I've totally done that. And then one time I did it and then left it there and then forgot about my roommate and then he went to take a shower and I was like, oh hold on, let me just move my bike for you. <laughs>
2: My other great bike maintenance tip in the winter is ride somebody else's bike. And by that, I mean, use rideshare or bike. Blue share. bikes. Uh, yeah. Blue bikes. Uh, you don't have to worry about the maintenance. Also, they're built really tough. Uh, so mm-hmm. big thick tires, they have fenders, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're actually pretty great bikes for riding in the winter. Uh, and then you don't have to worry about keeping your bike Uh, maintained.
0: Yes. I think that's a great piece of advice and something that as everyone on this call now knows I have done. It's also good for the, well, I'll ride while it's light, but once it gets cold and freezing after dark, I don't want to ride my bike home. Blue bikes are a perfect solution to that. So let's round this segment out um with some positives because you know obviously we want to make sure everyone's safe we want to give you advice and tips for you know riding safely but it can also sound kind of scary you know we've talked about ice and hazards and falling and riding in the middle of the street so I want to end this segment on a positive note so what are some positive sides of winter riding
2: it can be really nice riding in the winter it's not too hot. I find riding the, the, there's an old joke that I've always heard, which is in Boston, you can only ride in three seasons, fall, winter, and spring. The summer's just too hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're not going to turn up a sweaty mess like you do in the summer, um, <laughs> but also you just, it, I like it for all the reasons I like riding other times of the year. Um, I remember for a couple of years you led a hot chocolate ride every it' was new year's it's, day.
0: It's coming back, but we we had to postpone it this year because cases were out of control
2: are out That's of control fair. uh where we had you know twenty people or so. We went to you know four different hot chocolate spots, rode around the city, warmed up at each one, and kept going uh which was a great way to spend the day. Um, it can just sort of feel like a nice fun adventure if you are out riding in a storm. Um, I remember Mass Bike was hosting a conference out in Waltham at one point. Um, and it happened to be on a day, a Saturday morning where there was six inches on the snow com- of coming down that morning. And uh I was one of the only people who biked to the conference of bike people. So I felt pretty proud of myself when I rolled up and realized that almost everyone else had driven their cars. Uh, so I felt pretty good about that.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like riding through winter again for all of those, you know, the reason I like riding my bike full stop, you know, I show up when I want I am not super sweaty to your point. Sometimes there's a little bit of that, like, okay, I've gotten to my destination. Let me just take my rain pants off and this piece and this piece and make sure I don't lose any of my accessories or a glove. Um, I lost one of Watson's boots this morning. Like things just, you got to keep track of a lot of things, but I still get to be on my own schedule. It's quieter out. Usually. Um And so all that stuff is really good. And then you can just do some really fun things. So I have this really great photo of me riding with my nephew in the middle of winter. And for some reason it was just like a weekend day. It was really quiet and we just need to get out of the house. And like, he's in a full star Wars costume. Um, like as a, not, uh, not a standard stormtrooper. What was the one that, um, Uh, I can think of it as Brienne of Tarth, like that actress, Christine, something. Anyway, her character was like this silver stormtrooper. So he's in like this really cool silver stormtrooper outfit and we're biking together and it's the middle of winter. You can see snow in the background. And like, that was just such a great moment. It was a way to get out of the house. Um, And, you know, I just... I love that kind of stuff. Just any excuse to be able to get outside most of the time I'm on board for. It.
2: I completely agree. Uh, especially in <laughs> winter where a bunch of other options sort of close down, be mm-hmm. able to get out of the house, go, go riding in the winter is still pretty nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good one too. Especially right now you can't go in anywhere. So you might as well go out. Like if you don't want to be stuck in your house forever you can go outside and do a little ride around. You don't have to go far. You don't have to do a lot, but just like do a couple loops around your neighborhood. The fresh air is going to feel really great. Well, yeah. I think that sums it up. Uh, the long story short, I think we want everyone to remember is that winter biking is great. You don't have to do it, there's no pressure. We're not telling you you have to be a winter rider, but that is very doable. And we're always happy to be here to help with advice if you need encouragement because we would encourage everybody to definitely pick up winter riding. So Brian, thank you so much for being here.
2: Absolutely, thanks for having me. All
0: right, I am here with Gabriel and I'm gonna let you introduce yourself. How are you doing today? Tell us tell us your connection to biking.
3: So it's a pleasure to be here, thank you. And uh, my name is Gabriel Mendez. And uh, my connection with biking, uh it's coming with, with from my country, but from Bogota, Colombia. Uh, it's been like probably eight years ago. And uh, I met the bicycle through a friend, like he always was like surrounded by bikes, like fixing bags, all this stuff. He's a messenger down there. And uh, so that was the way that I started being around a lot of like like people and bike.
0: Is there a big messenger community in Colombia?
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a huge messenger community, but more for that is uh like the culture in general is pretty big. Uh, Colombia has like um like Bogota My City has like a uh, like like the the weekends most part like Sunday they close the principal ways and uh, the avenues and all of that. It's been like 40 years that they and the name is Cyclovia. So it's a bunch of people that they can go outside, families, kids, and they close those those principal ways and people just use them like you know, like a like a recreational way. So that's every weekend and that's like since 7 a.m. till 2 p.m. And then comes all the traffic and all the stuff. So yeah, it's been uh. like for 40 years. It's pretty fun.
0: That's amazing. Uh, I know, yeah. they they always say here, they're like, we can't do that, it's not like anyone's gonna use it. I'm like, yeah, if you do it, people use it.
3: Of course, <laughs> of course. If you create those spaces, a lot of people, for sure, they're gonna use it. Probably here because the weather, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, but it's not gonna be all the year, but yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, what, it, what do you do in the Boston cycling community? So- and, oh, sorry. And one more thing to add on to that. Um, can you dive into a little bit about what like the messenger community is? Because I don't know if everybody listening really knows like what that means when we say that.
3: Okay. Uh, yeah, a lot of people when, when they see the messenger community is like the delivery guys. you know like most part of us, like a lot of people see us outside it's like, oh yeah, the delivery guy. Uh, most most of that for us is like, it's a big community. It's an international community. It's like every place that you can go and you always wanna have someone that is gonna have you, that is gonna open the place for you. And that was exactly my experience. Uh, when I started working in Colombia so as a messenger, it was pretty fun. I was working with uh, like lawyers and some you know offices and more paperwork and, uh, and I started learning like this, this nice profession. I love it. Uh, it was like something that, you know, I've been doing for probably eight years. Um then I came like to, to, to Boston, like initially I don't have the, the, the language. So it was pretty hard for me because You like, learned no... English
0: when you got here? Yes. Wow.
3: Yes. That's it tough. Was, like, yeah, it was actually it was tough. And um, so obviously when I arrived here, uh, that was my, you know, my goal is like, okay, I'm going to continue working as a messenger. Uh, I used, uh, I studied like a gastronomy in Colombia. So I work in the kitchens too. So oh, here cool. what you know. it's very easy. Like, oh, I need to work. Okay. You can go to a restaurant and the, the, the easy job that you can have is in the kitchen. It's a lot of Latino people and they can speak Spanish and it's going to be easy for you. But in that way, you're never going to learn English really well because you're always going to be talking and you're, native language. So yeah, the beginning was a little bit hard. And then it was like a, you know challenging. I was when I arrived to the US, it was in New York and was practically the same my, my country, you know, like a lot of stress, a lot of traffic. So it was like, okay, I like New York, you know, like it's like the vibe there is amazing. But it was like in that moment looking for something better or something more quiet, something more relaxed. So I have a friend here in Boston, and I ask him like, "Hey, you know, like."
0: I'm sorry, you thought Boston was going to be more relaxed.
3: <laughs> I thought
0: <laughs> uh, I, I, there were just some air quotes on the screen, everybody.
3: <laughs> That's funny. You know, like you say, like you know, like. And I say, okay. So I came here to Boston, and I was continuing working as a, in a restaurant, and then with my wife, it was like you know, like practicing all time, so. You get the, you get at some point the skill to learn and it, you get the skill to to speak you know mm-hmm. so then I started working at like probably like I say New Jersey for eight months and then I came to the to Boston and here was like working in that restaurant for what like six seven months and then I I met a company the name is fly over the city uh, and I started working with the, with them as a bike messenger. It's been like probably what like four years, four long years that I was working with them. It's more part like like it's the same paperwork with lawyers, some labs. Uh, but also, you know, when you are here in Boston, you facing the the weather.
0: Mm-hmm. So
3: like, you know, it's not always summer, it's not always <laughs> shirts and shirts. <laughs> so, even in
0: July when it was warm, it rained almost every day this year.
3: Yes. And here in Boston you never know how it's gonna be the weather because it's really windy. So yeah, like and my first winter was like awful. It was awful. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. I wasn't like I didn't even know how it's gonna be. Uh, I didn't the, I, I didn't have the proper, you know, mm-hmm. like the rain gear or winter gear. I was like yeah. totally, you know, okay, I gotta Not- do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not to interrupt your story, but I mean I just did that. This morning I had to be somewhere at six fifteen in the morning, and I knew I was going to have to wait outside because you know that's how it works, especially in COVID. And I had I uh, had my Under Armour, and then my sweater, and then uh, a layer, another layer, and then my big heavy jacket, and then I had my socks. And then my wool socks, and then my boots, and then and then just like thin jeans. My legs were freezing.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely. Totally so happens it.
0: every time. Everything yeah. else, but yeah. you know, I was biking go there. Off. Like <laughs> <to> the
3: bottom. <laughs> yeah, it, that's totally true. Now that you say like you know, it was the layer, and then the other layer, and then the furry, mm-hmm. and then the heavy jacket. Yeah, it was exactly like that, and it was freezing. Like. And probably you can be protected, like, chest and like legs and other that part, but always your hands, your face,
2: mm-hmm. and your
3: feet are going to be, like, like freezing. Yeah. So at that point, like, you know, I say, like, okay, I'm going to do this. Uh, most for the fact that I love to be outside, you know, they enjoy the environment. Uh, the community also help a lot, you know. Uh, be as a messenger sometimes it feels a little bit lonely job because are you with yourself you know you're outside like waiting for job some moment those really days like probably slow you have to wait. sometimes it's like one hour one hour and a half, two hours waiting till the moment that you know arrives mm-hmm. on our job. So it's kind of like you know it's like a lonely experience but also uh, is the way how you Take advantage of those of that free time, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. And so you're part of the world's messengers, right? Yes. Can you yes. talk a little bit more about that organization?
3: So World Messengers, it was a project that I started three years and a half ago. And it was a conversation that I have with a friend from Colombia. She she's a journalist. And we start talking like, hey, you know, it would be really nice to, to be able to show this to the world, you know, like us, oh, like a, as a community, what we do, what we are outside, why we like this job, why we like this community. So it was like a, um, like, like a co-festival film. Mm-hmm. So we, we say like, let's participate, you know, like it will be pretty nice. And I start like recording some, some messengers that they, you know, they've been through some struggles, uh, messengers that probably they was really into drugs, uh, really into like like really really big problems, you know, and they use the bike as a as a tool to to get ahead, to to advance and, and level up in some way, you know. So that was my my goal, you know, to take those stories and try to show. To the people that really, the messenger community, yes, it's a lot of bad stuff into the messenger community, but also it's really, really nice stuff. It's really nice people. It's a lot of people that really, uh, take care, they care not just the fact that, hey, yeah, I'm doing this by myself. It's more, it's more the fact like, hey, if I can help somebody else, I will do it. It doesn't matter because sometimes it's just me, 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 me but we don't see around us.
0: Yeah. So, I would definitely agree with that. I I think it's like, I don't know if it's especially in Boston, it's probably just because I live here, but messengers tend to get a bad reputation as, oh, those people who just violate all traffic laws and do whatever they want to do. And, and, you know, part of the reason I wanted to talk to you is because there is more to you, there's more to this community, there's more to what's happening. For example, yeah. you know, you put on the Cranksgiving event. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? I had promoted it on the show around Thanksgiving and of course attended with Watson, um, but tell us a little bit more about that.
3: So Cranksgiving is an event um, that has been like probably 20 years around and now it's a, it's a, it's a big movement, you mm-hmm. know, and it's an event like, like, not just the messengers, but it's created for messengers. And it's exactly that help, you know, help the people that we have around. And always like, that was my goal, like trying to find like some organizations, some places that they- You organized I mean, it this year, right? Yeah, I organized it uh, 2018 mm-hmm. and I organized like 2021. Yeah. So always it behind that you know like is is looking for sponsors that they can provide you with good prices, looking for the place that you can do it more because like the 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 date that we usually do it here in Boston is pretty cold, really really cold.
0: It was a chilly day.
3: Yeah, 2018 was crazy because it was raining. But it was a lot of people. It was like probably 15 people. But all of them, we closed uh, flat-top johnnies in that moment. And all the people was totally wet. It was RIP. Sorry.
0: The The (laughs) flat-top johnnies that closed down over the pandemic. Yes. John Adams, we miss your your lovely establishment.
3: Yeah. They always support, you know? And that's the thing. Like, you always um, appreciate that a lot. The people that believes in those events, people that believe in the cows in, in those causes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that event actually, like, you know, we did this year to Animal Rescue League and the Pine mm-hmm. Street Inn. So, the thing that you do is like contact them, hey, what is the thing that you would like for us? Uh, what you would like? Because some of them, like, more like Pine Street Inn, they, some of them, they don't accept the can because, like, them. Um, because it requires openers exactly no yeah not for, and- that. It, for them it's a component that has those cans the help for the pre- uh, preservation so oh. they don't want that so they prefer this year like you know snacks for the people that go there the probably is, is better stuff the gotcha. same for animal rescue league that uh, the peanut butter for uh, for training the dogs and yeah exactly
0: stuff.
3: and the cat leaders and all the stuff and that was exactly what was trying, uh, we were trying to some, looking for from the people
0: someone was surprised because i had bought some cat food and i was like okay just because i'm not no, a cat no. person doesn't mean cats don't need food <laughs> i got there's i got dog amazing. and cat food to donate um and just for the listeners at home uh the pine street in is the homeless center in south boston that, there, that area yeah, are you can see it from 93
3: urban. yeah yeah south urban. end yeah So that, yeah, it was really nice event and more like the fact of of the event is see all the people get together to help, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was amazing this year, like past year, like (laughs) I'm talking 2021. (laughs) (laughs) I know uh, we
0: are recording on January 3rd, so it's, it's blowing my mind that we're in 2022 already.
3: So, actually, it was pretty happy for me. You know, it was really amazing to see all these people running around and yeah. then going, you know, hey, you need help with this? We can go and drop it. So, it was amazing to see everyone. Hey, let's go to put together all of these for Pine Street. Oh, let's put this together for Animal Festival Lake and see all the people living with huge bags of, of, of mm-hmm. you know, The heavy haulers
0: and just the the people who carry insane amounts of stuff just on their person. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that's always impressive. And then there's all the, (laughs) excuse me, all of the um, prizes for most weight, most stuff, most money.
3: So yeah it was like a prizes for the first person for the people who would uh, like 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 take more weight for the people who are first. and how much so was
0: the, how much was the winning weight it was really high
3: it was really high it was like a hundred pounds because they was carrying the, the the cat leaders
2: so yeah
3: each cat leader is like a six like cat let put
2: them over
3: you know like uh like those cleaning like, like the cleaning stuff that they use. Yeah. And I think usually the cleaning stuff, like solving all of that is really heavy.
2: Yeah.
3: So yeah, it was amazing. Also, like, you know, like like the help of the sponsors, like all the prices mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, like you can say like, oh, like this is a a, a charity event. So at some point, like, like to collect the money for the prizes is not going to be possible before the event. So it was actually a lot of sponsors. Um, that they you know like they just like okay i'm gonna give this to you you just give it to the people and that was the you know like, like like the the happy part of that is like the people see like at the at the end they have something in return for what they did
0: mm-hmm.
3: and What that's exactly what i i try to look in with with more messengers you know we do like a races too for the messengers <laughs> and all the stuff and other yeah. people and they come in so, but they come in for that, for the prizes to to enjoy, to to have a a great moment. So, yeah, that's exactly what is word messengers. Uh, we are trying at some point and to make a foundation, uh, because like for me, it's really important to help and see the ways that we can, like like like, put our effort prove something. So, yeah.
0: I love that, and then uh, so you were talking about all of the sponsors, um, but one of the you know big prizes at that event as well was all of the Clinch Industria. Is that how you say yes. it?
3: Clinch Industria. Yeah.
0: So how did how did you get involved with that?
3: Okay, Clinch Industria is a company that has been since twenty fourteen. Uh, it was a collective of like like bicycle people in Colombia. Uh, they always like you know. Um, it was like always around the, the messenger community. Mm-hmm. So, we see a lot of messengers carrying like two, three boxes in the bag, but the bag wasn't enough to carry all of that. So, they, they start doing like a neck warmers and then they start seeing like different nips from the messengers and they start doing these huge bags and the calves and key pouches, straps. Like, they see they start doing a lot of stuff and they was they was my friends from from that time and i you know i i start talking with them and like say you know like let's do this in the, in the us why not and some people oh, oh, like from my country they come here and they see the bags and it's like oh where did you get that bag like <laughs> oh, <okay." laughs> so it was before before i started uh, taking the brand as a representative here in the us and you know it was it is a huge responsibility because you always trying to put the, the, the products for some people, trying to look in ambassadors and uh, people that support the brand. And, and always I do it, you know, like now with all this COVID thing, and all this part mm-hmm. is, it's a huge um, problem for the economy. And a lot of companies, they, they start losing a lot of clients and they start losing a lot of sales. So that was my way for try to help also my country, mm-hmm. try to help also the people from there. And say like, hey, you know, let me take the, the, the brand and bring it here. So I use it also like for my event. So it's just like, oh, you <laughs> want something? Okay, <laughs> I got it. So it,
0: They're very cool. I have two hats now. I got to keep expanding. Um, but it, 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 it's cool designs. It's got that vibe, you know, that's.
3: Yeah. It, and the, and the, they're cool. The, the guys who create Clinch, uh, they are a couple. And both of them are artists so they create things exactly for that because like you know like we can do nice products with nice designs uh-huh. so that is the plus you know like because a bag you can get it everywhere but mm-hmm. not with the design so these yeah. guys like you know they put in a lot of effort in, in this have, of things.
0: and if anybody knows anything about me it's i'm really about all the aesthetics uh if you look at my bike I have it's behind me over here you know I gotta have the nice bag that matches the custom paint job that matches the purple tires that I put on it so uh, I just appreciate that that eye for detail on them and of course they're a phenomenon here I don't I can't even count the amount of people I know that now have clinch hats it's like a little community so you gotta always have the little the flip up, of, I think I, I wore my clinch hat in uh, one of the videos that I made for this um, when PQ and I went out for a ride. So I made sure to tag you because we <laughs> talked about it in the, the episode. So uh, okay. nice work. I mean, you did create them personally but I'm glad you brought them here.
3: Yeah, no, and I'm happy, you know and we are growing so fast because like it was since February this year, uh, 2020. <laughs> this year,
0: yep, this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not February yet. You can still count yeah. it if you set the timer differently. Yeah,
3: we're gonna have already one year here in the US, and it's amazing on the support, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, our ambassador Spirit Chunk. That he was he's our ambassador here in Boston. So he was the first he's person. To, Peter, yeah guest <laughs>
0: guest of the uh, friend of the pod.
3: <laughs> yeah, so he was the first person who actually live in clinch and always say like yeah, let's do it. You know, like, and he loves the the, the, the product. So for me, it's, 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 it's really gratifying to be able to do that, to see the smile in the people when they see our products. So yeah, and we are actually like in four stores right now here in Boston. Nice. And, and we have an ambassador also in New York and Chicago. So we are growing slow, but <laughs> the idea is to grow. But like, you know, steady. that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love all of that. Okay, so let's take it back for a second. You you touched on it a little bit. You said you've been a messenger for a while, but what's your, your bike story? I like to hear, like, did you grow up riding? Did you come to it later in life? Like, what was what
3: was that like for you? So for me, always I've been around the sports. I used to play volleyball when I was in the school. And obviously the bike when I was when I was a child, I was like, four or five and I love it because like you know you can ski the 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 in the back wheel you can ski it and so <laughs> <laughs> so it was like pretty cool so always was uh, like bikes around my house my brothers mm-hmm. and for the time you know like you start getting like like looking for a job and and you see like it's not going to be able possible you're not going to be able to commute all the time and you bike you know but Bogota is like a city. It's crazy. The traffic there is crazy. So sometimes you take a, a bus or a taxi or whatever, and it takes you like one hour, no, two hours to arrive like to arrive oh. while in your bike is 45 minutes. So that's pretty nice. Uh, so always I've been like around the bikes and all the stuff. But actually, active, active, it was like nine years ago uh, that I started as a messenger. And, and was all time, and you know, like it changed a lot of my life. It changed a lot of my life because, like, probably in, in some moment of my life it was, you know, like drugs and all the stuff, and a lot of hard things, like you know, affecting your life. And the bike was that part that take me out of that, and it helped me, like you know, like see the, the life in different way. Mm-hmm. So at that point, like you know, I love the the bike life, and also the people that you know that you know and, and the bike is amazing you know? yeah so it's, it's every kind of people so and that
0: oh sorry go ahead no don't
3: worry <laughs> <laughs> I just think, you know,
2: if you don't if you then you
0: know. I mean there's there's a reason I stay quiet um but I try to anyway <laughs> Uh no, I was gonna say with like the community and everything like that. Um again, it's a word that comes up over and over again. It it's really important to us. Like the this community is is what keeps us going. Um I heard someone talking about this recently, but uh and PQ just said it recently too on the pod, but it was this idea that biking's great. Um, it's something you can do whenever, wherever, you don't need anything other than a bike to go biking, but that motivation, that excitement, what you really want are those people that you ride with. I could go like two weeks without riding my bike and be really bummed out, but it's because there's no one around and I just am not motivated. I need that motivation. You know, like even for the, the cranks giving, I was motivated because you know, you were doing something for an animal rescue. I wanted to bring my animal with me. And so I was really excited to go, even if I showed up like at the very last second, cause I was trying to not wait in the cold <laughs> just, uh, you know, a little behind the scenes for everybody. I, I literally rolled up thinking I still had like 10, 15 minutes before the event was going to start, even though, you know, they said you have like an hour to show up, right? You, you your start time was whatever time it was. I showed up like 45 minutes later. I got there and they were starting and I didn't know what was happening. And they were all told to put their bikes down and walk over there. I was like, what are we doing? And then I realized that you were starting the alley cat race. I was like, oh, oh no, I'm just I'm just gonna let everybody go. <laughs> yeah. I I definitely was super confused when I first showed up. <laughs> but I was nice ex- I was yeah, excited I, to be there
3: <laughs> yeah. actually like you know like like most part of the transgiving is always like um, we try to this year like 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 two like two areas the first one was like you know for the people that they just want to ride and collect some food and bring it and for the other ones they like the yeah this part. so yeah but it was amazing yeah
0: yeah. I just rode around with Peter. It was a great day. He took a bunch of video of Watson in the backpack. We had a good time. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I definitely, yeah. I I started as like a commuter and then realized that I could be doing so much more with my biking. So I agree. It's a, it's a really nice journey to come into that community. I'm just pulling it back to the, the conversation.
3: <laughs> yes. And another part, like, you know, it's like the fact, like, in the bike, you always find different kind of people. No, it's always one mm-hmm. common kind of people. You always want to see like different kind of people. Always great the histories. Always in the bike is a great histories. You know, that's
0: true. But, there's yeah. definitely it's not a monolith by any means. The there's I, I love seeing just the the, like the mixes of people, um, you know all backgrounds, all nationalities coming out. Uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, but, you know, moving away from biking for a second, something that I, I like doing for this podcast is reminding people that uh, the person who rides the bike is not just that bike person, but a whole human. So talk to me a little bit about what you do. What you like to do outside of biking? I know it's blasphemy, but we have other <laughs> hobbies sometimes.
3: <laughs> okay, like uh, I I stopped working as a messenger not to like probably one month ago to start working with bikes now bombs Nice. And, uh, so it's for me, like you know, I always like try to learn something new.
0: Mm-hmm. some new
3: skills and for me like yeah i can be on the bike like eight years ago but if you ask me how i you can like mechanic in your bike i, I was like mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it was for me something important to learn like you know if you're writing something it's good like, like you know how you can fix it how you can treat it how you could can you at least
0: it. could you at least change a flat tire
3: Yes. Yes. Okay. Of all like, right. Sometimes when you are working as a messenger and you just you have to, practice, like, okay, what I prefer to walk till the bike shop or should I do it right now? Yeah. So, yeah. I actually I know how to do it. Okay.
0: <laughs> just just asking.
3: Yeah. No, I I know how to do it, but it's more things in deep that it will be really nice to learn, and I have the background with the sales, so it was like pretty nice to go there. And I, like, also, like, I'm practicing jiu-jitsu. So I like Jiu-jitsu? About, yes.
0: Dang. Okay. So
3: I've been practicing for probably, like, two years already.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And it's been quite a interesting journey. <laughs> so it's always, you know, it's everything about discipline. It's always about, like, something like helps focus on something. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty nice. And I spend more, more of my time with that, like, working... I studied too so yeah i I trying to be always like you know trying to learn different skills trying to learn like like more stuff you no know? just like being the in the comfort place
0: mm-hmm.
3: so for me it's like this is it's more it's more for me it's for the for the part that yeah I came here five years ago but this is a great country than when you can you know, if you learn stuff, if you are focused, if you are disciplined with that, you can grow. So yeah, so that was actually like, what motivates me a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, oh man, I was, oh, I was gonna ask about um, like videography. Were you making any of the videos for the World's Messenger stuff or were you just helping facilitate?
3: Yeah, uh, for the documentary that we did for mm-hmm. them, and uh, we did a video when I taken all the photos from, not all the photos, but some of them from the events. I, I took a lot of yeah, photos. Yeah, you
0: do a lot of photography.
3: Yeah, I like a lot. I like yeah. a lot, because like, you know, and the photography is something that you can, you can see, have the moment right there. Mm-hmm. But when you take a shoot of the, like that moment, when you see it in the time, it is like oh that was really nice you know and actually that was <laughs> exactly what what I started the project is because like you know you can have all those moments through the years and you can mm. have all the memories of all these people that is being been working around the world because like if you see the 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 Instagram of word messengers people from Italy from China from Jakarta from mm. Colombia from Roma and it's a lot of people like around so that is when you see like this community is huge it's not just the fact that it's a messenger community but it's the cycling community
0: mm-hmm.
3: and all of it is exactly everything help everything is about community that someone needs something hey let's put together all of us and go for it you know so that's that's amazing and it's something that that just the bike can give you that because some people that you know it's not for that like 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 i can't criticize that part but a lot of people in the car is not going in the way like hey you need something for your car oh no they just continue <laughs> straight you know <laughs> so it's a is that in, in the bike you know like is i think so you know, it's like you can't describe that experience
0: i i know exactly what you mean uh, you know you're driving along you see someone on the side of the road you're like tch, 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 really probably already called yeah. AAA. Yeah. it's fine i'm gonna keep going but <laughs> i was riding my bike down um the Minuteman, and there were these two kids on the side of the road and sitting with the bike and I said are you okay and they were like oh something wrong with it and I looked at it and really just the chain had fallen off but they didn't understand and they had a the single speed with like um uh like a chain cover so I kind of had to like pull the chain cover off for a second to get the chain back on and put the chain cover back on, but they were so grateful that I just stopped for like five minutes and fixed this thing for them. Uh, and it made their day that they weren't stuck on the side of a bike path with a bike that didn't work. So
3: that's like <laughs> they want me to make happy one person, you
0: know, right. It was, it was a nice moment and it made me feel good. Uh, th- well, that's excellent. I was thinking about this and I was going to ask earlier, but it seemed better for this kind of as we wrap up time frame, which is um, you know, can you still watch that documentary? Where, where are those videos you were talking about at the beginning? Yeah,
3: that video is still in and the word messengers is mm-hmm. like only the first photos, or you can go to a part of the reels or videos, and you can mm-hmm. see it. There.
0: And so that's and- a website you can go to?
3: yeah the instagram is word messengers mm-hmm.
0: so the, the instagram YouTube. has it okay
3: yeah words messengers and that's so, worlds with an yeah, s everybody yeah words, I, I know that
0: <laughs> created some confusion um do you have any other plugs clinch obviously yeah, and clinch and we'll and put push, yeah. we'll put both of these we'll put all of your plugs in the the show notes as well
3: awesome thank you <laughs> so yeah yeah uh, we have, like, War Messengers and Finch Industries. Like, it's the, the two main systems that I use, that I built, that I've been trying, you know, to to continue the labor with those and trying to, you know, trying to continue helping the cycling community.
0: <laughs> That's excellent. Do you have any events coming up, maybe this next year, that aren't set in stone yet, but you're, you're thinking about your planning?
3: Yes, of course. Um, I'm, like, usually like it's the summer part and we usually start doing all the events. We are planning also to again Thanksgiving. Uh, but my main event right now is July, it's in, in Colombia. Mm-hmm. So it's again trying to to it's a foundation there that the name in Spanish is Patitas por Okay. That, that means it's like a the the person who has this foundation. Uh, he collects all the lids of all, all the bottles the plastic plates and he interchanges for money for recycling and oh. all that money, yeah and all that money he gives to like like for for the food dogs when dogs need like some medical uh, service, like that so he put all that money into that so and also like a more like now with, with the food. The, Economic situation down there in mm-hmm. Colombia with all the stuff. So we are gonna looking for another foundation to try to, to bring food or trying to bring like money. That sometimes you know, mm-hmm. money is is, is something. Is not like it's not all, but it helps a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be in July, the last the last week of July, July okay. August. Excellent.
0: In Bogota, all right, I'll mm-hmm. start looking at plane tickets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: um, probably not, not, but
0: it sounds really cool.
3: <laughs> yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's nice. And the thing is, like, it's it's a huge community there, so a lot mm-hmm. of people already from San Francisco, from New York, mm-hmm. from uh, different countries around here. They they already like they are coming to go. So I'm really excited for that.
0: Have you been back to Colombia recently?
3: Yes. Okay, <laughs> <I didn't> good. <laughs> <with you. laughs>
0: Just making sure.
3: Yeah. I went in September and uh, to mm-hmm. my family and I was in February also like the past, past year. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Oh, that's good. I like to hear that. I mean, I haven't really left Massachusetts or New England, I should say, in a, a couple of years, which is very sad, but my family lives nearby. So it's a little easier yeah. for me. If they lived further away, I would I would have traveled more too. Okay, well, we are going to wrap up. Thank you for doing this, Gabriel. I really appreciate it. Um, I know we had a little bit of back and forth, but I'm glad we finally made this work. And um, I look forward to continuing to come to your events and, and see what the messengers are doing in Boston.
3: Of course, thanks. So and much. to
0: another clinch chat of course, I'm oh, yeah. sure and more product in the future.
3: <laughs> yeah, just let me know. <laughs> Good Excellent. Welcome.
0: <laughs> thank you, and thank you for being on. I'll I'll see you soon.
3: See you soon. Thank you.
0: All right. Welcome back, Randy. It is time to play the game. Woo! I am ready. Bring it. Woo! Okay. So Randy has very patiently been waiting for me to sort through some real comments and some. Fake comments made on my favorite platform to passively watch and try not to comment on next door, because I think most of you know, it's the ultimate dumpster fire, but it is an interesting way to keep in touch with what some people are saying in our society, <laughs> um, especially locally. Honestly, it's how I found out about the revitalization of the Memorial drive area. Cause someone complained about how they were taking away one lane of traffic for less than a mile in a space that I never see traffic in. So, you know, good stuff anyway, <laughs> um, before we get Is this- into the, yes.
1: I'm just gonna say this is my introduction to next door, so you know (laughs) hearsay and and fake next door comments. I'm 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 gonna get it down. (laughs) I love it.
0: I love it. All right. Well, you know what? I don't want to. Let's just
1: dive right in. I think
0: the name of the game is pretty simple. I'm gonna reel read. Excuse me. Some real and or. Well, not and, or, or fake comments that have been made. Um, and your job is to tell me which it is. Are you ready to play the game?
1: I'm ready, baby. All right.
0: Number one. Bike riders. I don't know or understand your hand signals. Please don't assume that drivers know what they mean. Take care around cars and only make a turn when it is safe to do. Thank you. Jake. No, that's real. Not only is that a real comment, <laughs> it is the thread comment. This is the comment that someone like put actively engaging for others to write underneath it. Kind of like a, this know, was like
1: their Facebook post. I didn't want to believe that it was real because I've always thought that the hand signals that we use have got to be understood by drivers. They're pretty
0: obvious.
1: Universal.
0: They're obvious. Um, Basically, you're pointing the direction you're going. (laughs) I understand that a, a, a right turn can sometimes be confusing when you use your left hand. However, it is based off of the hand signals that cars used before signals were real. And it is part of the curriculum for driver's ed. But my favorite thing about this comment is just the fact that this woman was like, "Ah, I don't want to learn what pointing means. Um, You need to watch out when I'm driving around you. It's just like, what? Like, seriously, what? My other favorite thing about this comment, and then we'll move on to the next one, um, is the fact that she made it on January 4th. It is now, uh, time check, uh, January 26th, and people are still at least once a day, putting some sort of comment in here. And it's like, just let the thread die. Why do I have to keep getting notifications that someone's still talking about this topic? It's ridiculous. Anyway.
1: It's a pile on.
0: Yeah, it's a whole pile on. Um, All right, number two. Bring it. We should bring a class action lawsuit against the city of Cambridge due to all of these new bike lanes. It's a hazard to society and we need to remove them ASAP.
1: <laughs> okay, so I worked for the city of Cambridge <laughs> for 14 years. So I'm gonna say that that's real. That
0: is fake, but I'm gonna <laughs> oh, give fact. it to you because it is in the spirit
1: it is yeah. of a real
0: comment. I just couldn't find the real comment but I know it was something along these lines. So I don't want to call it real, but yes, it is based on a real comment about someone wanting to burn class action lawsuit. So yeah. I'm going to give that to you. That I was that one was that kind of a, an and or situation.
1: Yeah, I think my fellow Cambridge residents are certainly capable of that kind of creative justification <laughs> for action against the city that provides for them.
0: <laughs> a city that ranks like third in the like country for its bike ability. Yeah. yeah. Um, that might be a little, high, but other- it's like top
1: five. Um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, you've got, that, you've got a pretty comfortable situation here.
0: Yeah. So as a, a resident of lower Alston, most of my next door comments are Cambridge because it's basically my neighborhood. <laughs> so I think you'll get a kick out of this as a Cambridge resident.
1: Right. So, so I'm, I'm batting zero right now. <laughs> I'm giving you
0: number two, I'm gonna give that to you cause I kind of threw you a—I I threw you a, a change up but that that was something of that sort was said recently uh, by my favorite commenter who uh, will shall always remain nameless um, but who needs a hug? Anyway, number three, the city is run by leftist socialists who don't care what the people actually want. They ignore public comment I guess it's time to move after 47 years of dedication. Real. No, that one really is fake. (laughs) I've met these people. I know that's why it's really easy to trick you with it. The 47 (laughs) does come from other people. I've lived here for 47 years. I'm like, okay, that's nice. I've lived next door to you for 10. And I tell you, these things are great. Um, But yeah, no, that one's fake. (laughs) (laughs)
1: but of it came from a real thought. Sometimes,
0: sometimes it does. Yeah. Um, I Uh, I haven't seen, I haven't seen leftist socialists put together, but they, they like to, they like to think that no one gives them a chance to comment. Even there's always time for public comments. All right. Number four, you got this. I believe in you mass driver's license now available in a crackerjack <laughs> excuse me let me start that over mass driver's license now available in a crackerjack box if you're lucky you'll get a whistle as a prize to use it bicyclists
1: fake although it's real <laughs> <laughs> i am out of touch with the
0: <laughs> culture <laughs> people just say some really crazy things. And I love it. That again has to do with the, um, the woman talking about that was from the chain of the woman talking about hand signals. Someone was like, you can get a mass driver's license so easily. (laughs) Like, what are we doing right now? All right. Number five. You got this.
1: I got to protect my, my off streak.
0: More road diets, just like North mass Ave. Reduce the lane for cars and force them to sit in long lines of traffic while empty bike lanes are wide open. Wait until they do the next project and remove all the parking from Mass Ave and Mem Drive and reduce down the lanes. Cambridge will suffer even more from frustrating gridlock. True. As very true. And I think this one has one of my favorite comebacks, which I also screenshotted, (laughs) which is that this one person just wrote, the bike lanes aren't empty, they're just efficient. <laughs> Thank you. Same thing with the bus lanes. There was like, ah, oh, the bus lane is always empty. It's like, it's supposed to be because the bus isn't stuck in it. Like <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay. You got this. You have two, two out of five so far, because I'm counting that one for you, that early on one. It's so the last one.
1: All right. Let me see if I can get a C on this test.
0: Idling cars make up 80% of pollution. Leaving these cars sitting is going to kill the environment faster than one person being able to safely ride a bike.
1: Real. No, but can't you imagine someone saying that? That's yeah. their favorite well, argument. It's, it's silliness. It's silliness that we should just keep move keep cars moving so that we don't pollute. Right? <laughs> Oh, from
0: idling they really don't understand the concept of like induced congestion and it's very frustrating um but yeah this is this is a this is something they like to argue all the time is like well my car idling for 45 minutes to get across this bridge like it doesn't one person this is and you hit it on the nail on the head is the ridiculousness of the statements that they make and they're like well, going over the BU bridge used to take five minutes. Now it takes 45 minutes. So my car is sitting there idling for 45 minutes now. I'm like, what human, what idiot? I shouldn't say that, but seriously, what idiot would be like, my commute used to take five minutes by car and now it takes 45 minutes by car. So I kept doing it. Like, are you kidding me? You would find another way to get there, whether it's driving a different route or, walking. Cause if your drive is actually five minutes, you're not that far away from your office.
1: <laughs> like forgive me, you for this, wouldn't but... sit for 45 minutes. Would you like, would you? I mean, if, if your commute is taking that long because you have to throw cones over the bridge every day, then... <laughs> like I did this yesterday, I got to throw these cones. Out <laughs> you know, something's got to change oh
0: that was perfect um randy guess what you won the game because it doesn't Ooh, yeah. matter the points are made up it's this you are here talking to me and therefore you're having the best life my <laughs> joy, Bye, joy. Uh, and that's it that's the game super simple thank you so thank much you. for coming out do you have anything um you want to plug anything in your life you want to
1: tell people Any- about plug um you know i'll put my dorky hat on Um, yes the there's some big exciting changes happening um for the environment um the you know in the business world companies are soon going to be required to report their greenhouse gas emissions um by the Securities and Exchange Commission. Nice, yes, I should point out that Randy is
0: an environmentalist first and probably a biker second. Um, so this is a great source for all of this information. Keep going. Yes,
1: yeah, so I, I work for an organization called Ceres and we're doing a lot of work with financial regulators right now. It's a hot time for financial regulation. And- <laughs> Woo. Yes. So keep your eye out for this SEC rule, either in February or March, but it's going to um, shake everybody up and make sure that we have the information that we need to reduce emissions in this next critical decade. So really excited about the opportunities and yeah, it's going to affect everybody in the economy. So uh, you might want to pay attention. Woo. Yeah, I love it. Okay.
0: We're going to look out for some SEC rulings. That's going to be very exciting.
1: Brandy, thank you so much for being here with me today. This was fantastic. And I, I look forward to our rides and, you know, later this year Mm -hmm. um, and exploring more places uh, and having some fun touring some overnight trips again you know
0: yeah and maybe kayaking to fish some cones out of the river
1: <laughs> and and some bladderwort or whatever they pull out of the river oh, you God. know and maybe that's in the mystic river but you know cleaning the river yeah. generally is a good thing to do around around boston <laughs>
0: All right. Well, Randy, uh, we'll let you go to sleep. Thanks for getting on late tonight with me. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. Lots of fun. And I'm excited to listen to the podcast. That's a wrap on
0: episode seven, folks. If you'd like to come for a ride with me in winter, especially after this weekend, snowfall, fingers crossed, it doesn't affect Sunday's ride. You can join me as I lead my fifth annual Hot Cocoa and Infrastructure Spotting Ride. One thing we will definitely be doing is crossing the Mass Ave Bridge to show that bikers do indeed ride there year-round. This event is being hosted by my organization, Common Wheels, which is a nonprofit that services the Alston Brighton community. We will be meeting at 10 a.m. at a place called The Grove. This is the green space across from the Trader Joe's in Lower Alston on North Harvard Ave. Um so Don't meet in front of Trader Joe's across the street from Trader Joe's. That's where we will all be. The ride will be rolling out around 1030. Of course, I'll have kind of a a pre-speech and all of that. So make sure you show up before that 1030 moment because there will be some things and a waiver design, all that fun jazz. I don't want to get too much into that. But I hope to see you there in person. We'll ride around Boston a little bit and hit up some two local hot cocoa places. And we will end back at the Grove so you can start and end at the same place thank you to randy Mail, brian mckenzie and gabriel mendez for chatting with me on this episode the theme and music is by the extremely talented kate hardley her album west is available on her Bandcamp. Uh, i've listened to it it's incredible at katehardley.bandcamp.com the podcast is hosted, produced, recorded, and edited by me, Laura Jillian, with an honorable mention to Watson the bike dog for his contributions throughout the show. For more information about the show and biking, you can visit my website, randonista.com, and follow my adventures in biking as well as some behind-the-scenes stuff of the podcast at Randonista on Instagram, Randonista on YouTube, and and of course, Watson's Biking Adventures can be found at Watson the Bike Dog on Instagram. And if you like the show, please rate and review on your appropriate podcasting app. Uh, this will really go a long way in helping out. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And now, your Watson moment. Yeah, now he's awake. Now he's awake.
3: Yeah, it's amazing yeah um, no, he he looks like how much he loves you like you know like just the fact like <laughs> he's looking at you like, like he doesn't have to look at you
0: <laughs> he's the cutest he's the bestest little dog yeah. yeah my roommate will come home and i should probably move this so you can hear me my roommate will come home and he'll be lying on my lap and he'll like lift his head up maybe bark a little bit from my lap to check but he knows that like it's probably just my roommate coming through the door because that's what happens in the evening and then once he confirms he kind of just puts his head back down. <laughs> depends what time of day it is but usually in the evenings like he'll just be like okay and I'm like go go say hi go say hi and he's like no I'm, I'm good I'm just gonna lie here
3: yeah. sometimes just like they just like in the bag out yeah. <laughs> I know already yeah. who it is
0: and my roommate's like cool I see where I stand in this relationship it's all good (laughs) yeah (laughs)